I spoke here almost 15 years ago. My son, who had just turned 31, and I were talking about it um, Friday night. We were at, at Kiowa on vacation. And um, he had come that day, and he was sat right in the back right-hand corner because he had done a paper on the Quaker faith. And in his words, he wanted to see people who loved everybody like Quakers do, which I thought was great. He is now a father of a two-year-old son with another on the way in August. My daughter, Taylor, has given us two more grandsons and a granddaughter who's in charge of everyone in our family. And God has been faithful uh, to my family, to our endeavor at the foundation, and it's really good to be back with you. So thanks for having me. I want to congratulate you, the Deep River Friends meeting, for the 269 years you've impacted this community with the Quakers' traditions of simplicity, peace, integrity, community, equality, and service. The work you have done in seeking equality in education, especially for the African-American community, has been remarkable. We actually have a connection through our historical commitment to Penn Griffin as our foundation helped restore, helped pay for the restoration of the building many years ago, and I know your meeting was very instrumental in getting that school started. I've also greatly admired the Quaker stand against slavery and the work that was done in the running of the Underground Railroad, which has been historically defining for the Quaker ethos. Years later, your unflinching advocacy for racial equality and securing the vote for African Americans has changed our nation forever. Perhaps you're most well known for your steadfast commitment to pacifism, which is not to say that you're not willing to resist injustice, only that your answer has always been nonviolent resistance, which in turn has impacted such great leaders as Gandhi, Martin Luther King, and Nelson Mandela. Another area of great impact for the Quaker community has been in the movement for the right of women's rights, through which you have underscored that all men and women are equal in the eyes of God. Your work promoting women's suffrage, particularly in upstate New York, has proven that from a historical perspective, the Quaker community has always been ahead of your time. As I was preparing for this talk, I noticed your establishment date is listed as 1754. And I became curious about what was happening at that point in history. And here's what I found. It's going to date you a little bit. Uh, 1754 marked the beginning of the French and the Indian War. In fact, Colonel George Washington, our nation's first president, was serving with the British as a colonel in the colonial militia. At that same year, Horrence Warpole, in a letter to Horrence Mann, coined the phrase serendipity. Later that year, the French and the Indian War would escalate and be followed by the Seven Year Wars in Europe. So it was indeed a time of great tumult. One year later, 1755, Samuel Johnson's Dictionary of the English Language would be published in London. The first steam engine in America was installed. John Adams, our second president, would graduate from Harvard, and General Braddock, who was leading the British troops in the French and the Indian War, would be mortally wounded in the Battle of Duquesne, which is now modern-day Pittsburgh. Two years later, 1756, Mozart would be born. Britain and Prussia would sign the Treaty of Westminster. Boston would experience one of the worst earthquakes in their history. And St. Patrick's Day would be celebrated for the first time in New York City at the Crown and Thistle in 
All this to say that we often believe we live in the most harrowing of times, filled with great social upheavals, amazing intervention, and dire events, or as Paul Simon would say, miracles and wonders. The same could be said for the year of 1754, but even then, Quaker values provided a respite from the storm. The title of my talk today is taken from Lincoln's first inaugural address, which was composed in the back of his brother-in-law's store. It always amazes me how these great speeches are written in the weirdest places. <laughs> he was reaching out to a fractured and embattled nation that was facing one of the most devastating chapters in our young country's history, and he was calling for reconciliation. I keep this on my desk because I, I love these words. We are not enemies but friends. We are, must not be enemies. Though passion may have strained, it must not break our bounds of affection. The mystic chords of memory stretching from every battlefield and patriot to every living heart and hearthstone all over this broad land will yet swell the chorus of the Union when again touched, as surely they will be, by the better angels of our nature. This better angels of our nature theme can be seen in the book of John, where Jesus tells us that this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And he underscores it by reminding us that greater love hath no man that he lay down his life for his friends. That particular verse is, is really meaningful me, uh, to me because at the back of my Carnegie Medal, it's engraved on the bottom. And it's always really been significant because I think we are called to lay down our life for our friends. And, and your question, would you have done it? My hunch is you would have, you know, because... Uh, God's amazing where he steps up just when you need him. He then underscores by, by reminding us once again, greater love hath no man that he lay down his life for his friends. I believe Jesus is telling us that the virtues I've already listed concerning the Quaker community were a priority to him and should be for all of us. Yet today we live in a world that is too often valuing power over compassion, wealth over wisdom, and deception over truth the principles that have made our country exceptional, that have created us to be one nation under God, that have fostered our truly remarkable experiment in democracy. And friends, if you haven't lived overseas, I grew up overseas as a child, you will never value America as much as you will then because we truly have a unique situation here. But the one nation under God that has fostered this truly remarkable experiment in democracy and made us light to a world that is too often shrouded in darkness. Now, these principles, I fear, are fading. I believe the only way to right this ship is to seek out once again the Holy Spirit that does indeed inspire and drive the better angels of our nature. And I promise you they're still there, for I see them every single day through the work I do at the High Point Community Foundation. I see them in our churches who realizes if Jesus were among us today, he would be feeding folks in our inner city, nursing the physically and mentally ill, addressing social and economic inequities, educating those who have gone generations without literacy and education, and most of all, teaching us to love one another in our unique differences. This is what we've been doing at the High Point Community Foundation for 25 years now. We have committed our time, energy, and resources to meeting the unmet needs in the greater High Point community. In 1998, nine men decided they wanted to provide a safety net for the community in which they had built their homes, raised their families, and run their businesses. They believed that their community needed a permanent 
financial resource, a reservoir of hope that would ensure that there would always be money available to meet the needs that only they could have imagined at that time. They, in the Quaker tradition, were planting trees whose shade they would not personally benefit from. And that, my friends, is the definition and the inestimable value of a, of a servant leader. Those nine men started with $5 million gift from Jim Sr. and Jess Millis family that enabled the High Point Community Foundation to open our doors for business. Over the next 25 years, this $5 million would grow to over $100 million in assets. Even more importantly, their vision would be actualized over and over again every grant our foundation has made. And to date, we have given back over $100 million to the community. It's mind-boggling to me. In addition to this, we have also helped raise $40 million for the Shift Ed Scholarship Program. And this money has come from all over the Greater High Point community in gifts ranging from $5 to $20 million. I come from Marine Corps tradition. I was a fourth generation. We now have our fifth generation uh, in the Corps. I was not raised around wealth, and this amazing growth of our great endeavor has been mind-boggling to me and made me a believer in modern miracles. I still remember my first day at the foundation, sitting in my office at my one single desk with my one phone, a laptop computer, and a painting my father had given me to commemorate my new job. I sat down, bowed my head, and prayed, God, I ask that your right hand would be upon me and this great endeavor. I acknowledge that this is your money, and I pray that you'll be in charge, because if you're not, we're all in big trouble. <laughs> From that day on, every meeting we've ever had has started with a prayer for guidance and wisdom. And I do believe that God honors those who honor him. We're in the business of raising money and giving money away. We are a conduit to help good things happen. Our grants come through either our annual grants program, for which any nonprofit in the greater High Point community can apply, including you guys. And... Um, or through our donor advised funds, which are like many foundations we manage for families, individuals, nonprofits, and corporate partners. These two conduits are how the grants come out that impact so many amazing nonprofits and initiatives that touch the lives throughout our entire community. Over the years, a lion's share of our grants have gone to local education putting books in school libraries, sending kids out on field trips so they can see the world outside their neighborhoods, paying for tutoring programs, even buying band uniforms for both Central and Andrews High School. We've also invented, invested in mental and physical health, supporting organizations like High Point Mental Health, the community clinic, AIDS intervention programs, and early childhood care program. In the social services arena, we've underwritten community pools so children can swim during the summer and most importantly, inner-city kids can learn how to swim. We've invested in student computer labs, invested in the YWCA, the YMCA, helped build the Victory Junction Camp for critically ill kids, and even provided rehab opportunities for folks who have recently been released from prison to learn skills so they can become productive members of the society they once tried to destroy. We've also played a huge role in the redevelopment of our downtown with the baseball stadium, the Children's Museum, the Food Hall, the building of the library space where the weekend fresh market now takes place. Our vision is to create a pedestrian-friendly downtown that will attract young people, be safe for families, encourage small businesses, and build 
like you Quakers like to build intimate community. Over the years, some of my favorite grants have included a $1,000 gift to Rabbit Quarter Ministries that enabled Raymond Payne to go out and reached hundreds of hardcore homeless folks who were living in the woods and under bridges. He multiplied that $1,000 a thousand times. It was amazing what he did with that. And that's really what's so much fun about granting. Or giving to the Backpack Beginnings Program, which was operated by a mother of three little children in her kitchen <clears throat> that was providing food for children via Packpacks for the weekends. We were their first big investor and has now become the largest provider in the triad. In early 2000, when our community saw the influx of the Latino population, we invested in the building of the first Latino center in Christ the King Church because we wanted these folks to know they were valued, they were appreciated, and wanted. Most recently, we underwrote a citywide free dental clinic for the working poor and the indigent, which served over 1,000 people in three days. It was amazing. You know, the things that take you and I like three months to do were done in three days, so you, I, I learned it can be done. Most recently, uh, you know, with the outbreak of COVID, I went to our board of trustees and shared my belief that the foundation was created to be there in times of great turmoil and that we should keep our doors open for business, and we did. And within the first week, we put $250,000 on the street, mostly going to food pantries. I still remember bringing checks to places like Weston Ministries, Helping Hands, Salvation Army, and Open Door Ministry, and seeing lines of people literally wrapped around the block. By the end of that first month, we had put over a million dollars into funding basic needs for those in our community who desperately needed food, shelter, and medical attention. This ability to grant is only made possible because people care in our community and believe we are called to be the keepers of our brothers and sisters. This is how the Holy Spirit moves, and this is what the better angels of our nature look like in the flesh. I have five more years to go before I retire at 70, and my board has just approved what I believe will be the most important initiative our foundation will ever undertake. Our mission is simple. We're taking on gener the generational struggle for, ra for raising the literacy level in our community. We'll be starting with K through third grade with the goal of ensuring that every child who graduates from third grade is reading at grade level. Why is this so important? Because I can make a very strong argument that every social ill we are seeing today can be traced back to a lack of education and the inability to read. Because right now, one out of every four children going from third to fourth grade are actually reading at grade level. If you can't read, you can't navigate our educational system. And you cannot become a self-sufficient citizen who can give back to your community. Today, more than half of our workforce is functionally illiterate. This is unacceptable and so fixable. We believe in attacking literacy, illiteracy upstream. At the very beginning of our children's educational experience, we believe it will eliminate a lot of the social ills we're seeing coming downstream. Today, the great societal divide is no longer just racial or economic. It is now the difference between those who can access knowledge and use it to enhance their lives and those who cannot. Every human being deserves this opportunity to reach their full and God-given potential. As I said, we're a catalyst grantor, a grantor who sees a need, knows how to invest wisely, and can help our community with solutions that will take us all to the next level. 
I absolutely believe that we can do this with literacy. So this is how I've spent my last 25 years of my life. I've always considered our foundation a ministry. I believe this is God's money and that we are called to be good and faithful stewards. I've had the distinct privilege of working with over 138 trustees, 13 chairmen, and an extended foundation donor family who all embrace the better angels of our nature ideal every single day. I have come to understand the secret of true happiness is not the accumulation of wealth, fame, or power. It is instead found in sharing, loving, and providing a hand up to our brothers and sisters in need. A wise man told me that at the end of our lives, the only things of value we still have are those that we've already given away. That is what laying down our lives for our brothers and sisters looks like. And I'm honored to be among friends today who understand this and who have been faithful to this call of the Holy Spirit and will continue to serve in it as an example of the better angels of our nature. I pray that um, God will bless each of you. I pray that he will bless this meeting place. And I pray that um, his hand would be on High Point, the triad, and this entire country, because I think now more than ever we need that. God bless you all. Thank you for having me.